My name is Joel Daly, and I'm the lead pastor here at the West Haven campus, if we haven't met. And uh, I just want to reiterate what Trevor said before. We are just so grateful if you are a guest with us today and you've chosen to join us because it is a choice, right? You could have stayed home, but you're here this morning. And really, that's true for all of us this morning. So we're just so glad that you're here to pursue God with us. Before I begin, I want to uh, highlight a few things. The first is if you are a youth student grades 7 to 12, we invite you to go over here just right uh, to my right in the youth room. We're going to have our youth class for the rest of the service. So if if that applies to you, I invite you to get up and go at this time. If not, uh, we'll keep moving forward. You know, before I get into the message this morning... I just want to share a couple things. The first thing is this, is last week we started a Bible plan reading through the New Testament together in a year, and I want to invite you, it's, it's still not too late to sign up for this. Uh, we're reading through, as I said, the whole New Testament from February 1st, 2021 to 2022, January 31st. And so uh, it's, it's just been so cool to see what everyone's thoughts are. We're using the YouVersion Bible app. If you have your phone or computer, you can do it on that. And if you're a parent, I want to highlight these two apps because they're just really, really good. They're free. The Bible app has every translation. Uh, You can scroll through it. It has plans that you can read. And really, we are a church who believes in God's Word and who really, uh, really believes in its power to change our lives and to shape us and to mold us. And so I encourage you, if you're a Christian, maybe if you're still investigating who Jesus is, we encourage you to do this with us. You can find out more information on our website, alpinechurch.org slash west haven. And then this is a, kind of a more personal thing, but this Sunday, uh, today actually marks my three-year anniversary being here at the West Haven campus. And uh, this is a very special thing for me because, you know, uh, I've been at Alpine for 18 years. Um, I've been on staff for about 10 years now. I did worship before. And the past three years have been by far the most uh, joyful, the most gratifying. You know, there's been highs and lows, but there's so many great people here at the campus. And so I'm just so grateful for your grace and your patience to me as your pastor and leader. And uh, I'm looking forward to what God is going to continue to do in the years and in our relationships. So love all of you. Um, Really mean that. It's it's a joy every single week that I'm able to be here with you pursuing God together. So um, that's just a personal note. And uh, speaking of love, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're starting a series called Greater Love. Now, um, you know, it's the month of love. February 14th, Valentine's Day is one week away, right, next Sunday. Men, let me say that again. Valentine's Day is one week away. You have seven days, okay, uh, to get your gifts for uh, your significant others. And, and so we're starting this series um, because, because love is just such an important thing in our lives. And we need to know what it is, biblically speaking. And I want you just to think as we begin, you know, what do you love? What are some of the things that you love in your life? You know, we, we love our family. You know, for me, I love my wife. I love, I love my kids. Um, I, you know, some of us love our pets. I, I would be lying to you if I said I love my pet. And you can't lie in church because I have a cat. And uh, cats just are, are, you know, not my favorite. But I love my wife, so I have a cat. So that's the story of that, and I tolerate the cat. And my love for my wife uh, keeps the cat alive and inside. 
and fed and taken care of. So, um, you know, we, lo- we love these types of things. We love, uh, you know, things like, like reading and music. And for me, I love running. I love football. You know, I, lo- I-, I couldn't care less about today's game because the Seahawks aren't playing. Uh, but uh, I hope for a good football game today. And I uh, hope you all have a great time doing whatever you're going to do today. Uh, you know, I love the mountains. I've talked about this before in my messages, but I love where we live. I mean, I ne- I've lived here my entire life and I will never get sick of driving down the road and looking up and seeing those beautiful mountains. I mean, it's just incredible where we get to live, right? I love that. I love the ocean when I'm able to go. I love forests. You know, I love nature. I, I love donuts. Amen, right? I love donuts. I, I love I love broccoli, though, too. So that's kind of a weird, you know, two sides. If broccoli tasted like donuts, that's all I would eat. So um, it is, if it had the same nutritional value. Um, you know, I love this church. Like I just said, I love all of you. I love uh, the people who aren't even here yet. You know, we, we use this word love. One, one, uh, one person said that there's probably over 100 million songs written about love. In all different languages, at all different times, all different eras, eras, and, and the best one, obviously, is all you need is love, right? Beatles, right? That's, that's a great one. That's actually a pretty theologically correct song, too, in the right context, uh, which we're going to talk about and define what that love means today. But this is the thing, is that, you know, I say that I love donuts, but I say that I love my wife. Now, if I tell my wife, honey, I love you just as much as donuts, right? So that's not going to be a good thing. That's going to be a bad thing. But obviously, like all of us know, we use this word love in different contexts, and we mean different things. Like the love I have for my wife is not the love I have for donuts. And this is the problem with the word love in our English language. There's only one word, love, right? Love. But in, in, in the New Testament, there are four different types of words for love. There are four. In the next three weeks, we're going to look at three of those. Um, these are the words. We're going to look at uh, philia, which is a friendly, brotherly love, like the city Philadelphia, right? That's why it's the city of brotherly love. So a friendship type love. There's eros love, which is a passionate, romantic love that you would share with your significant other. We're going to look at that next week on Valentine's Day, so it's going to be a great one. You want to show up for that. But this morning, we're going to look at the most important love of all. The most important love of all, which is this, agape, agape love. Now, without understanding what agape love is, without practicing agape love, we can't do any of the other loves. This is why it's the most important. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 John chapter 4. You can do this on your Bibles, physical. We, we also have free Bibles out there. If you don't have a Bible, go out and grab one. Um, you can take it home, mark it up, read it. Uh, you can use your Bible apps. But we're going to be, most of the day, we're going to spend in 1 John chapter 4. But I just, before we get into this, let's pray together again this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for just bringing everyone here, Lord. And I do know that everyone is here for a purpose. And God, you, uh, you're working in every person's life 
right here and right now, God, in unique ways because that's the God that you are, God. You love us so much, Lord, so help us to understand that love and help us to give that love to others, God. Be with us as we dig in this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Agape love. Okay, so we're gonna start in 1 John 4, verse 8, and some of you may may have known this verse. It says this. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love, right? God is love. You've heard this over and over again. God is love. And that word love that we see in the English translation is, is the Greek word agape. God is agape. And now this isn't some you know, type of uh, emotional, uh, temporary, uh, conditional type of love. This love is so much deeper than that. It's, it's in God's nature. It's, it's who God is. This verse is saying that God is love. God is agape. God, lo, this love is not something that, that God does. It's actually who God is, his character, his person. This is who God is. And so this is what agape love is. Agape love is self-sacrificial and unconditional. It's the highest form of love originating from God himself. It's self-sacrificial, unconditional. Now, I actually looked up the definition for the word love in Webster's, and this is not the definition of love. You know, it's an affection, more of a romantic love. But this love is so much deeper. This originates from God himself. And I just want to ask, like, when we think of love, when, our, when we think of love in our culture, is this what we think of? Do we think of this self-sacrificial, unconditional love? I don't. I don't know if you do. I don't. I, I think of it as, uh, you know, you watch a chick flick, Right? Chick flicks. Some guys, it's okay to like chick flicks, right? They're they're so predictable. You know, they're gonna get together at the end. But but so many of these these chick flicks are so the story is so like not believable. It's ridiculous, right? They meet and then three days later they're in love and and you know everything is perfect and they're gonna be together for the rest of their lives and and it's like we know that that's not how the real world works, right? Yet we get sucked into this and we tell ourselves, well, that's what love is, right? That's, that's what it is. It's, it's just feelings. It's, it's totally, you know, I see a person and I'm in love with them. I just want to say this. Looks are, are fleeting, right? Looks are fleeting. Um, you know, they, they, we're all going to get old, hopefully God willing, right? We're all going to get old. We're all going to have, you know, stuff that's wrong with us. I mean, looks are fleeting, and that's, you know, looks are important, but, but that's not everything. That's not the type of love that God is talking about in this verse. And so uh, what we need to understand is that, that this is an agape love. The world, if they loved with an agape love, it, we would see things as being so much differently. Marriages w- would thrive, right? There would be no family fallouts. You'd never have fights with people because you would constantly be putting people above yourself. Your kids would listen for the first time, right? They would listen when you told them to do something. There, there'd be no brokenness in our friendships. There, there'd be no backstabbing at work, climbing the ladder, you know, not caring about this person over here because we would put them first. You know, for us uh, living in Utah, I know everyone in here is a good driver, but, but there's bad drivers out there, right? And there, if we agape loved, 
imagine there'd be no road rage, right? There'd be no reason to yell at someone because everyone would be so patient and so kind, right? And, and so generous. Oh yeah, you can cut me off. That's okay. You know, we, we deal with these things all the time, but, that, but that's not the world that we live in, right? And, that, and that's, that's just the world. But look, as Christians, who John is actually writing to in this verse, He's saying that we should love each other this way. We, we would be, if we agape loved, we would be passionate worshipers of God. We would be here every week at church, fellowshipping together, worshiping together. We, we would be engaged in reaching the lost. We would be so passionate about people who don't know Jesus that we would want to do everything that we could to tell the world about him. We'd be engaging in discipleship and mentoring. We'd be intentional in relationships. There wouldn't be any fear. There wouldn't be any doubt. There wouldn't be any worry because we would perfectly love and trust God. But that's not the world we live in. You know, the more that this week I I studied about agape love and I read, you know, I, I think it's so easy to think of other people when we read something or when we hear something. Oh, this person needs to hear this sermon. But every week to me, when I'm preparing, God reminds me of myself. And I hope he reminds you of yourself as you're sitting here today too. I, I, hope, I hope that this, this message is encouraging to you. I hope that this message is challenging to you. You know, because we know ourselves better than we know anyone else. We know our intentions. We know the reason why we're doing certain things at certain times. Right, And so for me, it's like there, there was a point this week where I was like, man, I just really fall short. I just really fall short of this standard. And I think that's part of the point, as we're going to see as we continue. But I, I want to encourage you that, that this love, this self-sacrificial, unconditional love, this is how God is. This is who God is. He is a God who loves us with an agape love. And this is how he proved it. God's agape love is most clearly seen through Jesus on the cross. It's most clearly displayed through Jesus on the cross. You know, I, th- I think um, so many of us can struggle to believe that God really loves us. We, we, we really do struggle with this. Even Christians who have believed in Jesus for their entire life, they can struggle to believe that God really is good and that he did what he said he did. We struggle with this because sometimes we're just reading the words on the the pages and and we're not seeing exactly, you know, in our lives, our circumstances might not be going how we want them to be going. You know, things might not be lining up. We might be dealing with stuff at work. We may view our mistakes as, you know, unforgivable. We may view our sin as unsavable, right? And we do this all the time. We, we know it, but we don't believe a lot of times that God could love us. And some say that, like, God couldn't love me, right? Some of us say God shouldn't love me. But this is the truth is that God showed us how much he loved us through sending Jesus on the cross, through, through sending Jesus to die on the cross. I want to look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 7. If I've done your wedding or if I'm going to do your wedding, I will read this verse at your wedding. Uh, just a heads up because it's so good. But this love that Paul is talking about here, it's the same love that John is talking about. It's agape love. And look at what it says. He says, love is patient, 
Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I love that. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. If someone asks you what love is, take them to this verse, because this is a good definition of God's agape love. And I want to look at this again. I want to read it again, but I want to change the word love to God and look at how it reads. God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. God does not boast. God is not proud. God does not dishonor others. God is not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. God keeps no record of wrongs, amen? God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is agape love. I encourage you to do this. There are 14 things, 14 attributes in this verse. God is patient, God is kind, God does not envy. I encourage you over the next 14 days to to take a look at one of these. To reflect on one of these, you know, we just in our last series talked about spiritual disciplines, about prayer and about silence. In, in those times of prayer, focus on that. So tomorrow, focus on how God is patient. Focus on how all the ways God is patient with you. Google Bible verses about patience, right? And then read those verses. Look those verses up in your Bible and pay attention because God is patient. God is kind. God doesn't keep a record of wrongs, right? God always perseveres. And this is the God that we worship. This is the God that we sing about here every single week at Alpine Church. This is the God we serve. It's, it's, it's not a God first of, of wrath and judgment. It's a God first of all of these things. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This was written couple thousand years ago, but this is just as true and applicable today as it was 2,000 years ago, and it will be 2,000 years later. That's the cool thing about God is that unlike us, God's character doesn't change. His priorities don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and how do we know that God loves us this way? Because again, like I said, we can read this and we can say, okay, yeah, that's good, but this is how we know. Continuing in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, he said, This is how God showed his love, his agape love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is such a great couple of verses. You see, what's so amazing about agape love is it's not just just words. But, but it's always proved in actions. You know, uh, you know, talk is cheap to a certain point, right? When someone says that they love you and then they stab you in the back, do they really love you? No, probably not because actions speak louder than words. And this is what God did is he, he showed us how much he loved us through sending his one and only son into the world. You see these words up here, atoning sacrifice here at the end right there. Another way that that could be translated is propitiation. That's kind of a churchy biblical word, but propitiation. 
And propitiation means to take a sacrifice to, to uh, take God's righteous wrath out against to accomplish cleansing sin. That's what, the, that's what Jesus did. He was the atoning sacrifice. He was the propitiation. I mean, this is a big deal because this is the truth. God does have wrath. God does hate evil. He hates evil and he will correct evil in every sense of the word, more than we could ever even understand. And some of us look at this wrath as something, oh, that's not loving. You know, a loving God is just always accepting and, and does whatever I want, but that's, that's not what the Bible says, okay? This wrath that was introduced in Genesis 3, when you read back, Adam and Eve made the choice that we all would have made too. Don't get mad at Adam and Eve, okay? We would have done the same thing been in their, being in their position, they went their own way, sin entered the world, and God will, God will, will atone for that sin. And he did it through Jesus, but, but he did it through Jesus that we would believe in him, see through him, not by our own works, not by our own effort, not by anything else other than God's grace, because he is gracious. You know, because this is the truth, is that, that agape love Agape love is best defined in Jesus coming to the earth, taking on our sin, taking on our shame, taking on the ways in which we dishonored God, taking on God's wrath on the cross, one of the worst ways, most painful ways you could die. And he did this all for the purpose of us. He didn't deserve it. We deserved it, right? If someone does something wrong, you deserve to pay for it. That's what we say. But that's not what God said. God sent Jesus to atone, to be the propitiation for that. And that's what agape love is. That's who God is. He made a way for us to be in relationship with him. And he, he fixed our sin. He fixed our shame problem. Not that we're gonna you know, walk around being perfect after we've placed our trust and our faith in Jesus. But salvation came through the cross. It didn't come through, through our own effort and then the cross. It's, it's Jesus plus nothing. That's our salvation. And we need to believe that. That's agape love. That's completely self-sacrificial. That's completely unconditional because once we place our trust and our faith in Jesus, we're saved. That's what the Bible says. It, we're, we're saved. That's it. That's it. And that's hard for us to believe sometimes. That's, that's a hard love for us to understand. You know, we say here at Alpine, we, we're pursuers of God, and we are. But that, that's our mission. We help people pursue God. For 20 years, we've helped people pursue God, but this is the thing. We can only pursue God because he first pursued us. We always have to remember that. God always made the first step. You read in the, New, in the Old Testament, we, we think God is angry. We think God is mean. But, but look at the, the storyline is we do something wrong, God redeems it, then we do something wrong again, then God redeems it, and that's the story up to the culmination of Jesus coming. God is always making a way for us to be in relationship with him, so much so that he sent his son to die for us. You know, for those of us who have put your faith in Jesus, this really is something, and you're, you're gonna hear this message every week at Alpine Church, I promise you that. Because this is the most important thing. 
everything comes down to the gospel, to the good news of what Jesus did. Everything in life comes down to that for the Christian. And if us as Christians, if we're just like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, get on to something else. You don't, you don't see the beauty and the power and, and the grace and the mercy of the gospel of what Jesus did for us because that should drive us in everything that we do. Everything that we do should be because of what Jesus did for us, because of that agape love that he showed us. And if you're not yet a Christian, if you haven't put your trust and faith in Jesus, I encourage you, God is still pursuing you. God is still right there. Whenever you want to turn around, God is right there for you. Sometimes he might make you turn around. I'm sure some of us have that story of, of God meeting us where we were at, so much so that, that we couldn't even help it. But he's right there for us. He sent his son to die for us. But this is the last thing that we need to understand from this passage is that, that this agape love, which should be at the core of who we are as, believer, as believers in Jesus, but agape love calls us to love others like Christ loved us. Did, did you, when I was growing up, these bracelets were really popular that said WWJD. Did anyone have one of those? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You know, you'd wear it nice and proud. I remember mine was red and I'd like, you know, make sure that my sleeve was up so people could see, you know, I was holy and what would Jesus do, you know? And those kind of went away. Those kind of went away and I wonder why they went away. Maybe because people thought about the implications of what that meant. You know, you don't want to be flipping someone the bird if you're wearing a, a WWJD bracelet right on the road. That's not a good thing. So maybe their, their guilt, their guilt got them out of wearing it, right? I lost mine. That's why I stopped wearing it. But now they're rubber. They're just not the same. They used to be cloth and you could, you know, tie them on your wrist nice and tight. But, you know, WWJD, who, who wants to do that? I mean, think about it. Like, who wants to turn the other cheek? Who wants to be last when you can be first? Who wants to do these things, right? Our world tells us everything contrary to that. No, you get your way. You can get to the top. It doesn't matter if you step on people along the way. You know, who wants to, who wants to uh, put others' comforts above our own? You know, I, I'm just reminded of this, you know, like I said this week, like, we have a new baby and my wife, seriously, I mean, I know that I, I'm not trying to earn any points here, but she is probably the most agape loving person that I know. She is so selfless. She is so generous. And like, you know, she went through so much having this baby and like, I want eight hours of sleep a night. So she's like, okay, yeah, you can sleep still. And I'm like, really? Like, you're gonna let me do that? You know, like, but, but this, is, this is what agape love is. It's, it's for us, but, but it's for us to give to others. It's putting others above ourselves. You know, Jesus said the, most two, the two most important commandments, when the Pharisees asked him, what's the most important commandment? He gave him a two for one. He said, love God and love others. The entire law can be summed up in those two commands. Love God, love others. Which one's more important? The answer is yes. Because what Jesus is saying, you can't do one without the other. 
You can't love God and not love others. You can't love others and not love God. They're inseparable. It's like two sides of a coin. You can't pry a quarter apart, right? It, it's a quarter. There's two sides to it. There's two elements to it, but it's, it's one thing. That's what Jesus is telling us. This is what John says in 11 and 12. He says, dear friends, since God loved us that much, remember, God loved us enough to send his son to die for us. We surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. This is such a great verse. Christ died for us. You know, when we say things like, but you don't know who I'm dealing with though. You don't know this person. I can't love this person. They're, they're impossible, right? We tell our things this, or we tell ourselves things like this. They're so selfish and lazy. I'm not gonna help them. I'm not gonna love them. You don't know how much they've hurt me. I can't love them. You know, again, this is a gospel issue. And what, and what John is saying here, it, it's really cool actually, because he's saying, no one has ever seen God. You know, no, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. What he's saying is, is that we, others will see God through us, through how we treat and love each other. Th this word, um, full expression, it's translated from the Greek word teleos. Teleos, which is where we get our word telescope. And think of an old pirate's telescope, right, that you, that you pull out. And the picture that's, that's being displayed here is that when it's coiled up, you can't see anything. Even when you pull it out one notch, you still can't see anything. But when you extend it all the way, then it works. That's what John is saying. That's the picture he's using here. He's saying, yeah, we love God, but then we love others because that's how the full expression of love will be poured out in our lives. It's like a telescope. It doesn't work unless it's all the way extended. And then we can see. That's what John's saying here. God's, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression when we love others. This is the way Jesus said it. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This is the way, this is the fruit. You know, the Bible talks about fruit. You will be known as Christians by our fruit. The way that people will see the fruit is if we love others. And not the culture's definition of love, but agape love, self-sacrificial unconditional love. And this is really hard. This is really hard. In fact, I would say this is impossible unless you don't have Jesus. Unless you have Jesus. It's impossible. We can't just muster this effort up ourselves. Agape love isn't natural. It's not gonna come natural. It's supernatural. Because God has to be the one who empowers and, and, and makes this work in our lives. It doesn't make sense to love people who don't love us, right? Our love is so conditional. It's so conditional. 
in our culture. But when we love people who don't love us, or when we love people who it's difficult to love, this is how God, this is how we're gonna be seen as God's disciples. And again, this, this comes back to the gospel. Because the more, I'll speak for myself, but you think about this for yourself. The more I know how much God loves me, the more I'm gonna love others. The more how much, the, the more I know how much I've been forgiven, the more I'm gonna forgive others. The more how much grace I see, I've seen I've been given, the more grace I'm going to show others. The more I see the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, the more I'm gonna sacrifice for others. It's a gospel issue. It's what Jesus did. It's simple, but it's not easy. So this morning, we're gonna end our service um, by just taking communion together. I can't think of a better way to uh, end our service this morning than to take the Lord's Supper together. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come forward and we'll pray in just a minute. But, but I, I wanna, I, I just wanna again remind you of the, the agape love that Jesus showed because communion, Jesus instituted the night he was betrayed. He sat down with his disciples and he, he took the bread and he took the wine. And he said to his disciples, he said, this bread is my body, which is gonna be broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me, it's symbolic. And then he took the wine, we have juice, but he took, he took the wine and he said, this is my blood that's gonna be spilled on your behalf because a sacrifice, an atoning sacrifice, you read in the Old Testament, the blood was what cleansed. And so in the same way, Jesus said, this is my blood that's gonna be spilled that's going to cleanse your sins. Every time you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. And so this is something, this is an act of worship that we do together. Uh, the first of every month. So if you've placed your trust and your faith in Jesus, you don't have to be a member here at Alpine Church. Uh, you have, have to put your trust and your faith in Jesus. If you've done that, we invite you to take communion with us. If you haven't, I invite you to sit and, and just reflect on everything that we've talked about today. And, and I, I like to do in communion, you know, it's kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do when I do this? I like to do three things. I, I First, remember. Remember what Jesus did for you. Remember the sacrifice that he paid for you on the cross. The second thing is reflect. This is kind of where it comes inward. And, and I, I reflect on my own life and I say, God, you know, what are the ways that I'm not honoring you in my life? Show me those ways. Some of you, it might be right at the forefront of your mind. Some of you may have to pray and ask God to reveal that to you. Maybe it's a trust issue, maybe it's a sin issue. But then the last thing is to repent. Repent means to turn 180 degrees. It means to literally, if you're walking in this direction, you turn around and you walk in the other direction. And you do all of this as a Christian by the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. 
And so let's pray now together and then during this next song, take communion as you feel led with yourself or with your family, however you wanna do that. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for just the amount of love that you have for us. God, so much more than we could ever even comprehend, than we could ever even understand. It's so deep, so wide. Lord, so sacrificial, so unconditional. God, give us a clear glimpse of this agape love. God, that it's who you are. God, really, that's what we're asking, God. We wanna see more of who you are because love, agape love, is synonymous with who you are. God, and we thank you, Lord, for proving that love through your son, Jesus, on the cross, taking our sin, our shame, our guilt, our penalty, and paying for it, God. And thank you, Lord, for being powerful enough to, to, raise, to rise from the dead, to defeat death, and God, to allow us to be in relationship with you, God, so that we can do the same. God, and also just help us, Lord, in our relationships with everyone else. God, to, to love them with this agape love, with this self-sacrificial, unconditional love. I don't know what every person's dealing with here today, but I know we're all dealing with something. I know we all have these issues in our lives, God. So Holy Spirit, empower us, lead us to love others more like you've loved us. And Lord, during this time of communion, Lord, that we would remember, that we would reflect, and that we would repent, God, that we would walk out of this room uh, changed from who we were before. God, trusting more fully in you, relying on your love in each and everything that we do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name.